This is Champagne is also a band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champaign-Urbana. Recorded in the Blue Box Studio with the songwriter from the Champaign-Urbana music scene, past or present. Champagne is also a band podcast is a member of the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Welcome to Champagne is Also a Band podcast. On today's bonus episode, I talked with Scott Feingold and Joseph Copley, who are both co-founders of Activator Magazine. Activator Magazine is a free monthly magazine that is available throughout central Illinois at some of your favorite hangouts, record stores, venues, supported only by patreons and advertisers we recorded with my iphone at dumb records in springfield illinois and sat down and talked all about activator magazine the local springfield scene and where the future will lead with activator magazine enjoy what started off activator magazine uh yeah i've been wanting to do something like this for a long time and it just never got off the ground and then we were both working at an alt news weekly and we were not very happy with how music coverage was around here and i just kind of like took the idea to him i was like i can do the design part you can do the writing part you want to try this and then it just kind of fell together it was a, it was an interesting evolution because originally I was sort of not 100% sold on the idea, but Joe was pretty persistent in, in uh, sort of pitching it to me. And, uh, and then I realized I had almost put the whole idea together about a year or two before in a slightly different form when I was considering the possibility of leaving the Alt Weekly and I was going to start something. Uh, so I kind of pulled my notes out from that activator and then we talked about what kind of look it would be. Joe came to me with uh, basically asking me what I thought would be cool, and I gave him some like old some links to some old punk zines or whatever, and kind of pulled this aesthetic together. In a lot of ways, it was a, a much quicker success than I would have expected it to be. I mean, D- Joe made a, a sort of a one sheet and a mock up uh, before we ever had any content for just ad prices, and that was selling almost immediately oh yeah. Yeah. yeah just just based on the look that he put together and the promise of the concept yeah, yeah i mean that's basically what i do as a day job so mm-hmm. i was like i already had it down i knew how to market it and we're actually using kind of like a modified version of the plan that like the alt weekly workforce uses basically just selling ads to pay for print and to pay contributors and me and uh scott and the other creative behind it carol weems we all don't get paid it's all voluntary so mm-hmm. all money goes straight back into the magazine so it basically funds itself and keeps itself going right but we did make a point of 
as as Joe alluded to, we pay our contributors outside of the. It's sort of like we're capital in their labor, basically. You know, mm-hmm. it's like we're making our investment by putting our time and energy into the concept and and the look and and uh, you know, rounding up the talent. But the people who we ask to work for, they all they all get paid. You know, not a lot, but the, every single person when I ask them where I should send the check is like, I get paid for this. Like they're they're totally shocked. As as somebody who's been a, a freelance writer, and I know what it feels like to do a lot of work and then just sort of get paid an exposure, or, you know, or whatever. Yeah. I feel like it, you should get something for it. So that was always a high priority for me, anyway. And so, in some ways, I, I feel like that fits with maybe remodeling the way that we think about talent and art and con- contributions that people make so that there's actually an, a value assigned to the work that's being done. Um, and so I'm kind of curious, did, was, was the decision to make it free and distribute it, was that, was that from... From the get-go. Yeah, that was, that was the idea. Um, basically, I mean, it was sort of like do what you know. I mean, like we work at the... F- worked together and Joe still works at Free All Weekly and so that m- business model was familiar to us but we had a very a much more f- focused smaller group of people who we were going to be trying to sell ads to than they would and so it was a different kind of thing but we just I don't know I mean it was an experiment you know the idea of not having a website and just having the content right. uh, you know in a physical format was something I I pushed for it at the beginning because I wanted to see if it would work. You know, I wanted to, yeah. I, you know, and it did. And that's what's been most interesting to me because, you know, my my sort of philosophical idea that I wanted to put into into action once I had the opportunity and we were doing this was, you know, everybody, like you're doing this now, you're holding a, an iPhone at my face, mm-hmm. um, but you're basically sitting there with your hand holding this rectangular thing. If you were you know, texting with your significant other or you were watching a video, you would basically be doing the same thing. You'd be in the same position kind of holding this rectangular item. And um, the idea that you would, in order to do, to get to Activator, uh, you, you had to actually go out somewhere and even just move your hands in a slightly different order and use different muscles in your hands, you know, seemed like something to try to challenge people to maybe just to see if they would do it or not we haven't really gotten any pushback on it people at dumb records where we're sitting right now and other places have talked about people coming in and looking for the paper specifically and and then being gone so you know it's exciting to know that that works it also fits in with the name you know because it it is about being active getting out doing things and starting out with getting the hold of the magazine itself. Right. And we've been really happy with the reception. It gets picked up pretty well, and it's gotten a lot bigger than we originally planned. The original plan was there to literally be a zine, like an old punk zine. Mm-hmm. But we hooked up with uh, Solution Printing here in town, and they do an amazing job with it, make it look like a very nice, glossy-covered magazine. And again, originally we were only going to print, what, we were talking 200 issues? Yeah. We were like, right. if we print 200, will we people even pick up 200? Right. And now we're all the way up to... 1500 a month and they mostly all go right i mean and it's you know and it's it's interesting because i mean a lot of it was when i had the original idea for activator which was similar but not the same um, mm-hmm. that i re put together with this it was about the fact that i was kind of the 
go-to person for entertainment writing at the paper I worked at. And so I developed a network of people in town who were talented, you know, and some of them good writers, some of them just passionate about what they were into. And uh, so I was able to go to them and say, do you want to contribute to this? And so, it, you know, there's sort of the back of the book and the front of the book, the way the way that it's set up. And um, the front of the magazine is mostly music features and reviews. But in the back, we have poetry. We have a folklore column that um, Ian Winterbauer writes every month. We have uh, some confessional typewriting that we've had from several different writers. And it's sort of, I like the fact that it's almost a clearinghouse for like community voices mm-hmm. that I just value what these people have to offer and also the fact that it's there, you know, just needs to be you know, shown by somebody. And a lot of it was really like we would go to our editor and also some of the other writers would go to our editor and they would reject stories. So our original idea was anything that wouldn't compete or wouldn't go at the regular weekly would be, we would be the overflow. How long has Activator been in uh, in production, I guess you could say? October will be 17. 17. So almost a little over a year. Yeah, like almost a year and a half. Well, a lot of people, we get a lot that people will see it and think that it's, oh, this is a magazine, and they think we're a big team. It's really just three of us. Right. And then all the contributors, I mean, it's basically a DIY out of our, my house type thing. Right. I think it's the combination, actually, of, of Joe's expertise with really laying out an awesome-looking uh, magazine that catches people's eye. And the fact that the printing quality is so high, we've got this great partnership with the with the Solution Printing, that they've just been very supportive of us and done a really, really good job. The second thing is that a lot of times something might look cool on the surface or have a good cover, but you open it up and you're done with it in two seconds. But right. my contribution is trying to make it so that you know, it's full of content that people actually get something out of. There's and a lot of content in everyone. Right. And it's ra- I think that's kind of rare. Things are either... Uh, the content is all spread out over the internet, you know, or if you do have like a physical thing, it's kind of flash, but not a lot of substance. And I think we kind of try to do both. And uh, it's a it's a really good combination, I think, of, uh, of, you know, well, the three of us, really, because I think that Joe does great with the overall layout. It's, it's a very attractive, eye-catching thing. Yeah. Um, but and then you know the content is on me. But Carol also brings just an amazing amount of energy to the drawings, and the photography, and the Q and A's with the bands that she's excited about. So it really just like you know, I mean, I'm just proud to be part of it, and I would never have predicted it would happen <laughs> the way that it did. Um, so are you both Springfield natives, or uh, because I'm I'm just curious how how you expanded from this Springfield area into. You know, Champaign Urbana, Decatur, um, Peoria. I mean, you're, you are seeming to capture all of central Illinois, east central Illinois. I mean, is that kind of the goal? Well, the goal, the concept for me anyway, was just, and it's still really how it works, is that we kind of, to me, it's like you take a, a map of central Illinois and stick a pin in Springfield. And then, like, make a circle of, like, what would be, like, a 90-minute radius around it Mm -hmm. in terms of a trip. And if a show or a scene is happening in somewhere that reasonably someone could go from Springfield to in a night and come back, then we would cover it. So that includes St. Louis. You know, that includes... And so that's... I mean, like, when I first uh, knew Joe, he... His lifestyle was a little different, but he used to spend a lot of time 
in St. Louis in shows. Like half the time you come in after a punk show. My life has changed a lot because I had a two-year-old and I moved in with my girlfriend who has a family. Before that, I was literally spending like all my time driving to St. Louis and back, driving to Bloomington and back, Champaign and back. For concerts. Sometimes in the middle of the night, I would go on a Wednesday and drive back and have to go to work the next right, day. Right, exactly. And I remember that. And so that, and I used to go to more shows than I do now as far as like traveling. But it was just that idea that Stringfield is pretty well located for um, commuting to shows. But there's yeah. not a lot, there are a lot of people in town might not know what shows there were. You know, like I, we would put stuff in there and they'd be like, oh, Flipper's playing, you know, in St. Louis, right. Don Spencer's playing in Champagne, you know, or whatever, just yeah. a few people from my generation. But the, uh, but you know, they don't, wouldn't have any other way to know about it. And so I was like, I always wanted, part of it was I wanted the magazine to be something that I would have wanted to read, you know, and that's a big yeah. part of it. Like that's a, that's a service that I would have wanted somebody to provide for me was the calendar part. But then all, and then the coverage is that way too. And even though we have had sort of, writers boots on the ground in Champaign and other places it's still really kind of very Springfield centered the way we ended up getting around is really just through networking with with people who either advertise for us or people that we happen to know who lived in these places or bands that we interviewed like when we talked to uh, well yeah one of our um, most valuable you know, family members and activators, a guy named Colin Brady, who lives in Decatur, and he started out as a contributor. He hasn't been writing as much lately, but like clockwork, he just comes to Springfield and picks up a box and gets him around Decatur and wherever else he's driving around because he lives there. Um, but then we've also had people you, you, you've run into, was it? Uh, yeah, Chris, who works at Night Shop, has been helping us a lot. He'll come and get yeah. magazines and take them around Bloomington. I usually drive them to Champagne. It's like a community effort because there's there's so few of us that Absolutely. any help we get is always very very appreciated. I mean, our distribution system is Joe and I have them in our cars and yeah. we drive them around <laughs> if, town. If I know a band that happens to be heading in a direction, I'll say, "Hey, can you take some of these with you?" And sometimes they do. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. I mean it's really bare bones and it looks professional because we're good at what we do. But it's not, you know. It's a very. It's a, it's People are often very shocked when they found that there's only really three of us. Right. It's a. It's a. It's. I wouldn't say it's amateur hour because I think I won't. I won't be falsely modest. I think you know. But at the same time, well, you know, the level of investment is very, very shoestring. Well, we've been doing this for other people for a long time, right. so we know we know what we're doing. It's just doing it for ourselves, right? Now. And yeah, but as far as the budget and the um, you know the workforce, it's as, it's about as bare bones as you could be. I guess I kind of feel that almost that same way with with this podcast because I was like, this is kind of something that I would like to listen to, and I actually like asking bands, mm-hmm. you know, about their favorite song, like at the end of a mm-hmm. concert or something like that. Mm-hmm. Go and see. I'm sorry, they refer to them as shows. Um, Concerts, gigs. <laughs> yes, shows. gigs. Yeah, I get made fun of for saying gigs. I, when I was when I was first playing out in bands, you know, there were people from the '70s around. They just called it. They just called them gigs. I got in that habit now. The punks are like, "Oh, we want to do a gig." Yeah. <laughs> Champagne is also a band podcast. Is proud to support Jubilee Cafe. Jubilee Cafe is a free weekly meal program at Community United Church of Christ, 805 South 6th Street in Champaign, Illinois. Jubilee Cafe serves a home-cooked meal from 5 to 6.30 each Monday. Their mission is to feed hungry people by cooking healthy, delicious meals and by serving their guests restaurant-style with servers waiting on tables. Jubilee Cafe is open to anyone who cares to eat with them. 
because food insecurity among students is so high. They serve students as well as others in and around the Champaign-Urbana community who struggle with hunger. Meals are free to all and will be served each Monday evening. Located in the accessible lower level of the building at 6th and Daniel Streets in Champaign. For more information on the meal or how to volunteer, go to the Jubilee Cafe CUCC Facebook page or email them at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. That's jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. Let's see, what was, what was the first, uh, I mean, I've only been aware, I, I notice, I look back and I, I think I have from February 2018, is that, does that make sense? Yeah, Maybe? That would have been. June 2018 was the first one. Yeah. Okay, so then I don't have it from February 2018. <laughs> June was the first I remember first you asked oh. for some and I've been looking around and they're in boxes in our June, basement. Yeah. I will still June try to get you some. June 2018 was the first issue, yeah. How was it to have that first what do you want to call issue. it? Issue. Yeah, with that first issue roll out and, you know, be be out in the world. And did you distribute it just around here or? It started out yeah, it started out basically just in Springfield. And there's a place that, it doesn't exist anymore, but it was the precursor to where we're at now, Dumb Records. It was uh, called The Black Sheep. Oh, and we had a release party there. And the first cover was Looming. It was a band called yeah. Looming, and we had Jessica Knight on the cover, and we released it at a Looming show. And that was a good launch. It was pretty much immediate acceptance, which I was not expecting it, but everybody just was all into it and but picking the, it up. Yeah, well, Looming are kind of like uh, Springfield icons in terms of the, the yeah. punk scene. Brandon and Jessica, they'd gone through several phases. The band never broke up, but they were just moving back from Pennsylvania to Illinois right when we were getting ready to put that issue together. Now, I've been writing about Looming. I didn't even realize how long I'd been writing about them. I did a piece about their first show. Yeah, that's what... I posted something on Facebook a while back that was really interesting. It was uh, me and Scott were already basically doing what we're doing with Activator with the newspaper we were working for. Where he was writing about bands and I was doing the layouts right. way before we even thought of doing this. Right. But even before we did, we, they were on the cover when they got signed to their label. But even before that, when they did their very first show, I'd, wrote, I'd written about them then. So I've been friendly with, uh, especially with, with, you know, with all of them since that, that time, just as they're. So I, I just contacted them and said, Oh, you're moving back. You know, we're starting this magazine. We can put you on the front. And you had a great picture of Jessica that we used for the front. Yeah, Carol's photo. And it's just this really, like, very action-feeling picture of, you know, this very compelling, strong, you know, image of Jessica Knight singing. And so that was actually the fantasy of what we wanted the cover to be on the one sheet. The timing worked out, so we were able to both get a, an interview where we got sort of a scoop about them moving back that it sort of broke the story in there. I think it went on social media like right around the same time, but we sort of broke them coming back to Springfield. And uh, yeah, the uh, fantasy of the one sheet with the prices ended up being truth in advertising. It was actually, that was what the cover, the first cover looked like. Um, but then we ended up going into you know, all these other places gradually just based on interest. People were more interested in having us do it than we would have, I thought, they would be or would have even tried to make it happen 
if they hadn't acted interested. I mean, like uh, what Christine Palin is a musician from mm-hmm. Champagne. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, she wrote a story a year ago, a little over a year ago, about um, the girls' rock camp. Yeah. And uh, we went back to her, and she wrote a second one. You know, she's done it twice. But then, of course, somebody like that who's prominent in another scene has writing in there about something that's happening. You know, so that just, they, they get the word out and it just sort of becomes something that people want. All right. It's, it's been very organic, though. The growth was, most of it wasn't calculated Yeah, at all. it actually grew faster than I think we were necessarily prepared for. We actually had to start increasing print run because we were just running out. Yeah, good problems. Yeah, that's a good problem to have. Where do you see Activator going from here? Or do you want to just uh, see where the existing format goes? Or did you want to, like... I mean, I don't know. I think our plans are just to keep doing what we're doing. Maybe expand distribution if we can. A lot of that, it's all dependent on advertising. Right. I mean, we've, we, except for, there were a couple lean months uh, last fall, but otherwise we've been pretty solid as far as uh, being solvent we've managed right. to be yeah, we haven't had to put any of our own money into it but we can cover the costs of printing and contributors right. with and the advertising and with the advertising that we've been getting we've had to actually increase the page count which is yes. good too i don't want to put too many ads on a page i don't make ads smaller than a quarter page i just if someone is going to put an ad in there i want it to at least be some kind of focal point and you see a lot of other like all weeklies and papers, they just put tons of tiny ads on a page, and I just, I hate that. Yeah, so, so it's like a lot, it's really a chance for us to put our own uh, values and aesthetic into a package. So we'd rather uh, expand the the page run, you know, the page count, than try to jam stuff together or turn advertisers away. But there's also got to be a balance between content and ads. It should be about 50-50, or else it just starts to feel like an ad zine, and you don't want that either. Um, so is there a particular show or band that you covered i mean we talked about looming but it that that kind of stands out to you as as one of your favorites that you've put out in the magazine hmm. i liked last october's issue a lot what was last October? that was kate lane on the cover yeah that was good it had the movie effects guy in it which is basically it's kind of like similar he's going to be we're doing another in the october issue there's going to be another article about that guy like a okay. catch up with him it was like a Halloween theme thing. Like he does like gore makeup. So oh, all right. So he's got to follow up on that. And that issue moved really fast. Yeah, like really fast. Like as soon as we put them out, they were all gone. That happened. I, I had a couple of people when I was doing my mid-month redistribute. I had uh, like at Elf Shelf and a couple of other places. They were just like you put those down, and they were gone the next day. Yeah, like, I've literally gone in and put them down sometimes, and I people pick up like half the sack before I've left the, yeah, that, the building. Yeah, that happened at BuzzBomb I was putting it and somebody walked in as I was putting it down and said, what are those? You know, it's just, you know, it's great yeah. to feel appreciated uh, on that level because people look for it. I mean, I actually had that great experience. Uh, there was a show going on over at um, Anvil and Forge, one of our uh, advertisers, uh, a micro brew pub in town, mm-hmm. and um, they were having uh, some sort of NPR-sponsored band night. Some prominent members of the music scene uh, were getting set up. Kate Lane was there, um, uh, and a few other kind of well-known uh, musicians from the Jigsaw Puzzle bands that came out of the Black Sheep scene. It was like yeah. you know, this mix and mix and match those same twelve people or whatever into a million different bands. And um, as soon as I walked in with the new issue, they were all just like, 
And they started yeah. reading it in front of me and going through it and finding stuff and being like, it was very, it, it was like I wasn't there. They were just like, just absorbed in this thing. That kind of happened here with this current issue at Dumb Records. We're at Dumb Records right now. It's uh, basically the DIY music hub of Springfield. And there's a bunch of, there's concerts here and there's a record store next door. And I would come in and put down a stack and they, I would go back in here to listen to music and I'd go back out there and they were all gone. Mm-hmm. So I'd go back out to my car, get some more, come in here and listen to another band, go back out there and they'd all be gone. I'm like, all right, this is ridiculous. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's, it's great that people, you know, the, the people who care about it in, in the, in our, you know, the demographic that we've kind of developed just by doing what we want to do. You know, that's the thing. It's like you can use terms like demographic, but this is really us giving, like I said, just having our own space to do stuff that we like. And uh, the fact that other people are into it is great, you know. But we also try to vary a lot. It isn't a real, real wide variety, but it's got a few different facets because there's like there's a pretty active hip hop scene in town in Springfield. There's a mm-hmm. there's like a punk scene. There's like sort of mainstream rock and folk singer songwriters in town, and then there are national touring acts that we, we might be fans of who are coming that we're excited about. Yeah. And so that we try not to put any of those back to back with each other on the cover. You know, like have two in right. a row of hip hop or two in the row of a touring act, mm-hmm. um, because we want the as far as like. You know, a crass term like branding goes. We won't, don't want to be seen as the predominantly hip hop magazine or predominantly punk magazine. If we want to be seen as any one thing, it's that we want to be that we're where the music scene can get exposure. Also, we don't do anything negative. No, yeah. <laughs> that's Not just much. that's just a product of we don't write about things if right. we don't like it. Yeah, I mean that's kind of the idea. Sometimes it's like it can be a kind of an easy lay, so to speak, to to diss stuff and it's entertaining. Mm-hmm. But I would always rather like act as a the pig going for the truffle, you know, you know like a guide, yeah, right? Yeah, rather than just being like, oh, stay away. Like the fact that we don't write about something might or might not mean that we're not into it. This is all done in you know nights and weekends, right? Exactly. It's not like we, it's none of our day job, and we, we have a have massive busy. list of things we want to write about and bands we want to write about, and who knows what we'll get to and what right. we won't. But mm-hmm. so it's like we have so so few column inches, you know. And uh, you know, just one one issue a month. It's like, why would we want to spend time attacking uh, right. you know, anybody or bringing them down? Yeah, we just want to keep a positive. Just we want everybody to basically enjoy music and get along. There's yeah. no time for. Yeah, it's just it's just, it's just a waste of energy. So one of the things that I really really liked was your. I don't know if you want to call it the one of the zines, but you the uh, Springfield Pride that you printed up in yeah, all color. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that, was, that was amazing. I think it was beautiful and like well done. And so what was your inspiration for that? Uh, we have, so just in ways of trying to get money to keep going, we started a Patreon and we're just trying to kind of come up with things to give people on the Patreon. One of them is we do a photography mini-zine and uh, we just, me and Carol go to a lot of festivals and shows and she takes a lot of photos I take a lot of photos and in that particular case we had just been to the Pride scene mm-hmm. and we you know we have uh, one of her daughters is into the Pride scene and we just happened to have a lot of photos and we thought it'd be really nice to do and put it together and we t- went out and found some people that would put some ads in it to help pay for it Oh yeah. and uh, again, solution printing did a great job on that 
mean, it is. It's a really nice sort of, it was just a sort of a side project and, uh, you know, for the people who are supporting us through the Patreon and it's just another thing to do for the, to put, to shine a light on the cool stuff that happens in the community. And that, yeah, and in that case, yeah, there was some really nice photography and the printing and the color came out really well. I'll be honest, I didn't know it was going to look that good when I sent it to him. I was expecting it to be printed on really cheap paper and mm. Greg just like Greg, yeah, Greg really threw great. on like really nice uh, glossy yeah. paper. Yeah, well, I think, I, like, wow. a, I mean, Greg is great. Uh, he, he's our contact over there. He does a lot of, he oversees kind of what happens. And, yeah, Greg um, and Nick. Greg and Nick. Greg writes for uh, us Nick. sometimes. Well, I'm sorry, no, Nick does. Sorry, not Nick. Sorry. I'm getting confused about everybody. But Nick, uh, Nick writes for us sometimes. But they do such a good job with making it just look awesome, and I think that's the the one of the really positive things. So I think from their point of view, it's like they can show it to people and say, "Look what we can do." You know, right. From our point of view, it's like it's it's a bonus. It's just a win-win for everybody. Yeah, it does seem like there's there's that extra effort to make it into something really nice, high quality. Like yeah. that, it it looks good. It looks professional. Well, again, the first time we got the first issue back, what well, we were expecting, we were expecting like printer paper, black and white. We we're like, oh, it's just going to be okay. So it's going to be a tablet. And then we opened up the box. And we're like, whoa! What the heck? You know, it's like glossy front. And sometimes we we actually had some trouble getting people to pick them up because they thought they, they we, we I had. I had to we, make the words free bigger on the front because people yeah, thought there's no way, free. no way you could give something away that looks like that. This has kind of been a thing in my life in general I guess but this just fits into that but I don't really believe in forcing stuff it's like if things happen sort of naturally or organically I follow that path mm-hmm. not in any sort of like weird spiritual way it's just all right. laziness but I but I just kind of keep an eye on those things I want to do stuff I obviously keep a lot of irons in the fire as much as I can but I, I don't really do anything that doesn't kind of come to me and in this case it was all very natural I mean Joe had, was inspired I had an idea that I'd already been working on that fit in with Joe's inspiration and then we were able to make it into a reality but it was so many factors that just came together without us trying to make them come together it was there like all that information and stuff was already in Springfield in Central Illinois I just needed somebody to tap into it and nobody covers that stuff anymore which is the reason why we started doing it. Right. It's just, yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of times that's the thing. If you, you know, if you're trying to, you know, uncover your market share or whatever, I, it's my feeling you should just do what is important to you not try to figure out what's yeah. important to other people, you know, and then if, you know, not a totally isolated yeah. freak or whatever, then you're going to, there's going to be other people who feel the same way or who learn about it from you and decide that it's important regardless it's like I could never if we had set out with marketing plan it would not have been followed you know what I mean it's right. like this it, it wouldn't have come out this way it's the, yeah. this kind of just making the next step and then kind of looking around and figuring out what the next step is from there and people coming to us yeah and, it was never really a goal of us to make any money off of it we just wanted to be able to, for it to be self-sustaining right and we actually got to the point because we just had a kind of a rough week uh, where the computer that we were September's been September's rough been rough just people. in general so, yeah for the magazine and for the computer uh, died I, we just had to basically spend all the savings we've saved up over the, the last year and a half to buy a new computer pretty much every that we so made, now that we're didn't broke. go into printing just went to a new computer. 
people join the Patreons. Come on, but be that way. But, yeah, but I mean, it's actually cool because we don't have to go to a, a GoFundMe. We actually made the paper was sustaining yeah, enough. We had enough. We had enough to do it, and that's that's amazing. It could have been worse. We could have not had enough, and then right? Tried. And then had to go out. No, I mean, it's yeah. definitely, it definitely sucks in its own way, but I don't think it's a downer. I think it's amazing that we were able to take the money that we've made so far and now instead of I mean it sucks that your personal computer yeah. crashed obviously but now the, the the paper itself is I mean the magazine itself was able to have its own computer just for that and we didn't have to go anywhere else for it without really doing anything except what we wanted to do yeah Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Exile on Main Street. Exile on Main Street, located in the old train station building at 100 North Chestnut Street in downtown Champaign, has been helping to build record collections since 2004. Carrying a wide array of new and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile on Main Street has something for just about any music enthusiast and old school gaming devotee. Exile also hosts regular free live music shows on its stage, so be sure to check out their Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for the up-to-date details on the next upcoming event. Open seven days a week. They can be reached by phone at 217-398-MAIN. That's 217-398-6246. What are your ties to the music scene and what kind of drew you into the music scene of Central Illinois? Uh, I've just been into music ever since I was like younger. Go to shows a lot. I mean, there was, you know, everybody has the dabbling in guitar and bass when they're in college, but I was never very good. So I just kind of, you know, cycled around people who were into the music scene. I just went to, I mean, literally, you go back four years, I was going to shows like almost every other night of the week. I just really like music and I like going to shows and. Yeah. Actually, being like I, I make it sound like it was a negative that I could have had to stop doing that. But current, like the last couple of years, I've had gotten to focus on Springfield in the shows that are here, and yeah. it allowed me to appreciate the Black Sheep more, and now Dumb Records more, and just what's here. And I feel like it gets overlooked a lot. I've been involved in making music since I was pretty young. Probably my first band I was in, I was like fourteen, you know, and. Uh, it's always been a, just a form of expression slash hobby or whatever for me mm-hmm. and my friends um, over the years. And uh, I was writing about music, you know, in the early 90s for the same weekly paper that I ended up working mm-hmm. at full-time later on. I was a freelancer back then, um, late 80s, early 90s, and I had a band that was sort of... Well, actually, I'd say it's hard to, to really quantify, but... In like eighty nine, ninety one, or whatever, my band, my old band, Backwards Day, was like a big draw. We would f- fill up clubs, and we all played all original music. And yeah. um, we, we moved to Chicago, and I was, uh, you know, I wrote a, a novel that was about the Springfield music scene, a fictionalized version of that, uh-huh. and published that while I was living there. And then I was, uh, I lived in Houston and worked at the Alt Weekly there, and was the music writer. I interviewed touring bands and local bands, and when I came back to Springfield to finish my master's degree. I just got in touch with the the weekly here again, mm-hmm. and um, they started 
you know, having me write for them, uh, you know. So, yeah. and uh, again, I wasn't trying to start a band, but some friends of mine, when I came back, some friends of mine, actually, a guy who I wrote about in the last issue who just passed away, Gary Swaggerty, mm-hmm. he came to me and said, hey, we should start a band. He's a, he's a drummer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I brought my friend Steven in, and we had a practice session uh, with him. And uh, then he immediately quit because that's what Gary did. He would, oh. and then he would just quit. And uh, then, but we were so fired up, we were excited. We got to brought another drummer in and kept going. So we again, it was like somebody called to me, sort of like Gary in that case was like Joe was. You know, he came to me and said, "Let's do this." I was like, "Okay," and I put my resources together, and then the band ends up happening. You know, but it wasn't like I said, "Let's do this," you know, and make it happen. It just happened. Yeah. And I just like that. But, you know, I created connections with, like, the Black Sheep people, insistently writing about them while I was working for the Alt Weekly, making sure that I knew that they were, you know, making sure they knew they were appreciated. And even if the people in the city didn't come out in droves, they at least knew there was something going on over in Southtown. And when my band started playing, I already had sort of friendships I'd developed through that. Yeah. Um, and so we would play at Black Sheep and, and other places that I'd written about. So it's just, it's, it's all, it sounds corny, but it's really all about community. The whole thing is just community. How did you end up getting involved with, like, dumb records? And, like, you just, I, I've noticed there's been a few quite a few pictures not I, I don't know how to say that but there's, there's a been lot, a lot of pictures here from here lot. me and Carol are here a lot we got we've gotten to know them a lot uh, do advertising with them and we get into their shows mostly for free thank you guys at dumb records yeah so we're here a lot we sometimes bring our two-year-old hopefully that doesn't annoy everybody and we just take photos we just we're always taking photos and since this is like one of the places we get into free, we're here. Yeah, I mean, All some of it time. is. Yeah, some of it is really just a matter of convenience. Some of it is a matter of our own, you know, biases. As, as I also I, have eight minutes from here. Right, it's yeah. easy to get. I do too. Very close by, but you know, one of the things about having your own magazine is that you're the gatekeeper. So you just mm. decide what's in it. And um, even though, like I said, we try to keep it keep it fairly broad in terms of the genres that we cover and what goes on the, on the cover we like I said the other side of the keeping it positive is we keep it to stuff that we feel is worth writing about and stuff that we actually like and so our biases and prejudices and tastes are on display what we don't you know what we like yeah, for better or for worse for better I mean, or you, for, you can see our taste in the magazine right if somebody somebody there's probably people in Springfield who are just like my scene doesn't get any attention yeah you know there are some people who maybe think we don't cover their kind of music enough and we are trying to reach out and get like Tom Irwin's been writing for us a bit and he's kind of covering scenes that we don't necessarily go to right like just try to get more songwriter singer songwriter type stuff or regular rock shows you know bands yeah. that have been around for a while um, playing, you know, other types of music. Yeah, I mean, it's just—it's a. It's a, it's I, a I, I like the Black Sheep, and I like Don Rickles. Right. It's a, well, it's a good environment. You know, it's a—it's a positive. It's, all, it's self. all ages, no alcohol, no drugs environment. Everybody yeah. mostly supports each other and gets along. There's no, there's very little negativity, if any, around here. Yeah. Right. And so it feels good, and and the music is is varied and sincere and interesting enough that. Yeah, I mean it's it's and it's such a small scene. I mean, like it's like just said, there's a lot of stuff we still haven't written about and stuff that we'd like to write about. Like we're never going to run out 
I don't think, of things we're going to write about. I can't imagine that we would. But at the same time, it's like it comes through our our social community and our tastes, you know. Yeah. And if somebody feels that there's a different thing that needs to be covered, then I think what we are is a uh, a good example for that they should start theirs. You know, right. Oh, you yeah. know, the cover of what they we're do. Also, we're also always open to well, contributors. Yeah. If anybody yeah, wants to, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm to not pitch us an that. idea or something. I'm not saying that we wouldn't want to write about their stuff. I'm just saying it can be done. So if you if somebody if we're not to somebody's taste, I would say go for it. You know, there's there's options. Everybody anybody can do something cool if they just, you know, sort of harness their resources. It just takes a lot of will and just putting in the time to get it done. I mean it's a small team, but I mean it takes a lot of our time. Right. More time than you would think. Yeah. Like I feel like I don't have any free time anymore. Right. It's just yeah. work and then yeah. activators. So, yeah, and yeah, I sometimes yeah, sometimes the, the editing process and getting things together happens like a breeze and sometimes it sometimes it's just a slog. It's September just has been a, this, a yeah, in every month. way. Yeah. yeah. It was just, it's just crazy how everything it's sort of one of those like yeah everything um, everything that could small. go wrong did is so I hate to put you both on the spot, but if you would, um, if you would pick like uh, a band to watch that's here in Springfield, who 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 who's it sitting on your turntable these days? Should I say maybe or or like uh, what should people be looking out for in terms of honestly? I'll tell Springfield you, people. I'll tell you. Um, that I think the, one of the most exciting and talented people in town, somebody who we really want to write about, is Dexter Anodyne. Um, she's uh, just done, done amazing, sensitive, multi-layered work in a couple different genres and just like really, really talented, exciting artist here who plays all the time, has her own band, plays solo, uh, highly melodic, very, very personalized. And um, yeah, I just think of all the people that I've seen in all the different genres, I think her stuff stands out. And she's only been playing out for about a year or something now, I think, or a little more. Yeah, in the current form. Yeah, I mean, she was around before, but this version of it branded and, and marketed as Dexter Anodyne and what her band's called. Uh, Greenhouse Opera. Greenhouse Opera. But yeah, I would say somebody to watch for sure um, extremely talented exciting performer excellent oh I'm a bad bad choice for this <laughs> would you be like all? I listen to like really bad punk music uh-huh. like I just like well, screamy hardcore, hardcore punk, punk. Um, mm. Black Box is playing tonight I like them yeah there's a new band called Blush that I like, but yeah. I also like Danny, who's in that. Her old band, Grave, Grave Switcher. Switcher. I really like Grave Switcher. Yeah, Grave Switcher was really good. Danny also had a band before, like quite almost. It's it's funny that it's that long ago, but um, she used to have a band with uh, Kristen Walker, who used to write for us too, um, called uh, uh, Moon Dead, who are mm. who are a really awesome uh, trio. But they've been gone for a while. That's just my. I listen to a lot of weird punk music. My two my two brands are punk music and then like synthwave, which is weird. Well, Scott yeah. and Joe, thank you so much for coming out and talking. Well, sorry. How about how about me coming? That's such a stupid such a stupid habit. But um, but well, no. Thank but, you for having us. We're excited to let people know about you know yeah. Activator and what we're doing. And, and, you know, we're glad that you're interested enough to want to talk to us. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
Thank you for listening to Champagne. Champagne is also a band podcast. This is Joseph Copley from Activator Magazine. This is Scott Fingold from Activator Magazine. Reminding you, great music is out there. Go Go find find it where you live. Almost have an NPR voice, it's so good. South <laughs> 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 on the inside. <laughs>